we are on holy ground this morning. And I don't want to get in the way of what God wants to do uh, this morning. I, I hope you felt the presence like I felt this morning. I want to be transparent this morning before I get into the Word of God. This week, God slayed me. We knew that we were going to plan a a message on repentance. So I, last week got a little idea. Zach told me how he wanted me to preach. Started really getting serious this week about what it would look like. Was having trouble Monday. Tuesday was struggling with all the horror. So many people dying in Afghanistan. And Tuesday night, I watched our president mock God, using scripture out of context, didn't even know what he was saying. I was so angry. I mean, I was angry. Can't even tell you how angry I was. And then our president began to talk about God. And I thought, God, this man's wicked. He's evil. He promotes homosexuality, transgenderism. He's wicked, God. Killing babies. I was so angry. And God began to prick my heart. He said, Joe Biden's a reflection of our country. Joe Biden's a reflection of our leaders. Men of God falling and, and living like hell was so angry. And on Tuesday night, God said, you need to repent and look at the own beam in your own eye. I'm like, God, I, God, I'm, I follow you. I, and God just kept, kept telling me that. I was like, God. Wednesday, same thing. I'm like, God, I, I mean, God, I'm... I read my Bible, I pray, I, God, I, trying to get a sermon about repentance, fighting it, and 
and Thursday. I said, God, you win. And uh, I'd read this book on Sunday, a, a few chapters in this book. And, and I'm going to share this with you because I just felt led. This is not the beginning of my sermon. I, I was going to share some of this, but not. Anyway, I'm just going to do what I felt like God told me to do. And uh, on page nine in this book about prayer, let me get to it. There was a great man of God that every time he preached, every time he walked into a room, people would give their hearts and lives to Christ. It was just unbelievable. And pastors came to him and said, man, what is it? What are you doing? And this is what he told them. And then I'm going to come back to Thursday of what God began to, to do with me. He said this. He said, you need to go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel down in the middle of the floor and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself there on your knees. Pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival in this circle. So that's what I did on my face where I spend time with God is in the living room in my house I get up early nobody's up and God began to slay me and show me how far I had fallen how I had lost my first love for him I want to be honest with you. I felt like on Thursday, I was 11 years old again when I gave my heart to Jesus. And the joy I had and the fire I had wasn't just doing, reading my Bible and just praying. It was my heart, man. I couldn't wait to tell somebody about Jesus. I couldn't wait to go to school. Sixth grade kid. Man, you got to hear about Jesus. Tell them, my teacher, I don't care if the paper's not about Jesus. i got to tell you about Jesus. And God, in that circle, began to let me look in my own life and where I needed to be. So though I was angry on Tuesday, God made me realize the one I needed to look at was myself. And so I don't think it's by coincidence that I felt such a holiness that we were on holy ground this morning I really believe and, and I'll tell you I missed it when me and Zach was planning this series I kept thinking man rise and build it's going to be about the playground it's going to be about some of the new stuff that God is doing and God was saying no no it's so much more important than that. It's going to be about this body. Just drawing a circle and say, hey, God, I don't care what it is I need to make right. I don't care what you need to show me. I want to be right with you in every way. 
So this morning, I want to share just briefly a few things that God has shown me. Um, I, I'm going to challenge you. We, we do a growth guide every week. Uh, what I just shared uh, is in there. Uh, just lock yourself in the room and, and have a broken heart. Um, I really think a lot of work probably is going to be done this week when whoever's being prompted by the Spirit, we, we're not going to stop it. If uh, I was struggling with, do, do I need to make an altar call right now? I'm not sure, but if you need to do business with God, man, we'll stop service. I've done that when I was younger. I'd do that. I just obey God like a fool. I want to be that fool again. I don't want to have any manner of anything but being sold out for God. So again, if, if God's pricking your heart and you want to come to the altar, you do that. You want to bow in your chair, you do that. Um, and I'm going to try to make sure I'm doing being obedient to what God's telling me to do. Matter of fact, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. We bow our hearts in reverence to a holy, holy God. Lord, I know you're doing a work here right now. God, help us not quench your spirit. Lord, help us to be obedient. Whatever that looks like. Pray it in the name above all names, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to share a few scriptures this morning, unless God decides to do different. If you got your Bibles, you can turn. Uh, we're going to be looking at a few scriptures. That the scripture will be on the screen as well. But um, the title of the sermon that uh, God gave me this week was. Rebuilding requires repentance. Rebuilding requires repentance. You know, I was thinking as we get ready to look at a few verses, when Jesus came on the scene a couple thousand years ago, the church was in need of a rebuild. They had gotten to the point where I was, to be honest with you, doing things, but in some ways had lost my heart for God. And Jesus goes, man, we, we need to do a rebuild. And, uh, you know, it was such a joy. I was so happy for Zach when he uh, got to baptize his own daughter. I, mean, I remember what that was like with my children. What a great experience because Jesus is in the rebuilding and that's, that's what you saw up there. That was the outward sign of what happened inwardly. That was holy ground. Again, God took me back to the 11-year-old boy. Matter of fact, I was excited when we was clapping. 
And shouldn't we be? And should we? Man, that's the best thing that ever happened to someone. To know Jesus. To have a relationship forever. Never to be alone. To always know that when you die, you're not dying. You're going to be with God. When I went to Zambia, they would scream and shout. You felt like you were at a rock concert. I mean, it was incredible. It's incredible when someone would get baptized. What did Jesus do? Jesus was all about uh, rebuild and repent. And it, it, was an, it was an incredible thing. Matthew 4, 17 says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. And again, I, I not even, wasn't planning to share this either, but uh, Afghanistan. My wife uh, follows somebody that has people that live in Afghanistan, and she couldn't tell you exactly. I don't remember the details. But when I just read that scripture, Jesus was saying, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. It's, it's near. The Christians in Afghanistan were saying last week, we know in less than two weeks we're going to meet Jesus. Jesus comes onto the scene and he goes, guys, repent. The kingdom's at hand. Hey, Jesus is coming. It's going to be soon. God's not going to be mocked. The things happening in our country... It's not by chance. God's allowing his hand to be shown. I, I believe that with all my heart. Some of the judgment on our country. Because we, I, have sinned. Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 9, 13. When he's talking to the church. I mean, it's, repentance always starts with the church, guys. Jesus says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. See, when you've been in church a long time and you hadn't just totally blew it, like huge sins, if you want to call it that, all sins the same, but it's easy to start thinking you don't need a doctor. It's easy to start going through the motions. And it's easy before you know it, you've fallen far away from God. Even though you look like everything's good on the outside. Again, God slayed me this week. Of how far I've fallen. My heart. My heart. What does it mean to repent? Next slide. Repent means to come to God while at the same time separating from sin and the world. So just think about that for a minute. It means to come to God so you're walking toward God, but you're also walking away from the world. I, I want to share this I, i'll just say this um me and my son tried to watch a tv show the other night uh, on netflix 
and I was going, I, we watched 30 minutes of it. I'm ashamed that I even allowed us to watch it for 30 minutes. It was foul. Language was horrible. And it, it wasn't even a, it was supposed to be a family show. I'm not going to mention it because I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want anybody to feel, I'm not trying, God convicts how he convicts. I'm just saying for me. And I had to tell him, I'm like, man, I'm sorry. I, I can't watch that. We can't watch that. Used to, the church was separate. We were different. We called sin, sin. We didn't say it was okay to do things that we knew were wrong. I want to be separate, even if it costs me everything. I want to show my kids, hey, don't walk that way. You're going to meet Jesus and you're going to stand before a holy God. Man, it's, it's serious. And so I've been doing an inventory. Man, I'm telling you, God has just slayed me. And maybe you need to draw that circle as well. What struck me when I was reading this, I'm going to read a few scriptures and 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 we'll finish, but um, Ezra and Nehemiah, the guys we've been studying, they knew they couldn't rebuild without repentance. And you know what happened to them? They led the way. Let me read these scriptures for a minute. Ezra chapter 9 says this. And I, I'm going to say this again. We got an open altar. You need to make Whatever, don't, don't let me, hey, I'm preaching, but that's okay. You'll see what they did in this. It was incredible. When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites, me, the priests and the Levites, the leaders, have not separated themselves from the people of the lands which, with respect to the abominations of the, I, uh, I, I'm not going to read all the uh, Canaanites, all the Ites people is what I'm calling them, so I'm going to keep moving. I thought I'll, I'll lighten it for a minute. If Zach could call Banana last week, Bana, then I figured I could say Ites people. So, all right. Um, verse 2 in chapter 9, it says, For they have taken some of their daughters and wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the people of the lands. Indeed, the hands of the leaders and the rulers have been foremost. They've been leading the way in the trespass. So when I heard this thing, now this is Ezra, man of God. When I heard this thing, I tore my garment and my robe, and I plucked out some of my hair on my head and on my beard, and I sat down astonished or overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed at the wickedness that God's people had allowed into their lives. Then everyone who trembled at the words of God, of the God of Israel, assembled to me. 
This was a God thing. They just assembled to him because of the transgressions of these who had been carried away captive. And I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice or the worship. At the evening worship or sacrifice, I arose from my fasting. And having torn my garment and my robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. And I said, oh my God, I am too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you, my God, for our iniquities, our, not theirs, mine, our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has grown, has gone up to the heavens. Nehemiah had similar things to say in chapter 9, verse 1 through 3. Now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and dust on their heads. They were mourning, they were grieved because their country was so wicked. They were so wicked. Then those Israelites separated themselves from the foreigners and they stood and confessed their sins and iniquities of their fathers and they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day and for another fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. Now imagine that. This was a spiritual moving of God. They didn't anticipate what was going to happen when they gathered. But Ezra and Nehemiah says, ah, I've sinned. Hey God, I don't want to be the one holding back your assembly. I have sinned. I'm too ashamed even to show my face. And what happened was the people, they, they didn't want to leave the Word of God. They just kept listening for six hours. And another six, they're confessing their sin. I know this seems heavy, but it, I, I want to share with you you know, the Bible talks about Jesus and even the prodigal son story, but uh, Jesus says, hey, I'll leave the 99 and go after the one. Uh, and Jesus says, man, I'm happy for those that are being faithful, but man, if that one turns back, I'm so excited. It's like a joy. It's not, it's not this, this heaviness. It's like, oh, you sinned and you're turning back to me. God's going, that's, that's fantastic. That's great. What are you waiting for? You got a God with arms open wide going, just repent. Quit being stubborn. Chad, quit being stubborn. You think this is about Joe Biden. It's about you. And I can tell you guys, I'm so glad I finally quit fighting God. He says, okay, God, draw a circle. I've been drawing a circle every morning since Thursday. Hey God, I just want to be right. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I just want to be, I want you to be my first love, God. 
Daniel, preparing for what we just read, said it this way. He was praying. God prompted his heart in prayer. Daniel, verse 5, says, We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. In verse 8 of chapter 9 of Daniel, it says, O Lord, to us belongs shame of face to our kings and our princes and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. One more verse, because I believe the word of God draws us to it himself. Joel 2, 12 and 13, it says it this way. Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. He relents from doing harm. God's waiting on you this morning. He's madly in love with you. That I obeyed what God said to do.